This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. We understand that some of our opinions will not be shared with many people and hope you can still bear with us in order to hear amazing Wisconsin-based stories. We are not licensed therapists or able to give legal advice by any means. Our show notes will provide all of our source materials included for each episode. Now Now on on to to the the show. Welcome back to All the Sins of Wisconsin. I'm Fallon, and I'm here with Mims. How are you? I'm doing great. What a lovely fall uh, day we're having. Are you loving the cold weather? I am, and I'm still wearing shorts. (laughs) (laughs) You and my kids. Yeah, I'm wearing shorts, but I'm also countering that with a beanie, so I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, my daughter had on shorts and a hoodie. And it's, like, it's cold. Well, I have a sweater on. I'm exactly, like, exactly. But your legs. But, <laughs> but like, it will just all go down. Like, the heat will go down oh. your body is what I'm thinking. And I haven't been that cold, so. Okay. Here we are. I think you have a teenager mentality about <laughs> your warmth. <laughs> or I'm turning into an old lady. It's one or the other, but we're, we're doing one it. One or the other. <laughs> All right. Do you have any true crime news? Um, kind of. It's, I'm not going to go into like huge detail about it, but I seen that um, Brett Favre is basically stealing some welfare money from which state was that? Ah, oh, shit. Georgia. Oh, no. Georgia. No, I'm not. I'm not going to say state because I don't know. Um, which I thought was really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So just stepping into that, and it's actually for people that need it, and he is a, I don't even know how much money he has, but I mean, former... Okay. Okay, yeah. If you work in the welfare system, and you see Brett Favre's name, is that a red flag? That should be a really big red flag. Like, I would call him, like, are you the Brett Favre? The I think it, some some sort of agent of the welfare system helped him do it. Mm. So he had an in. Okay. So that's how he was getting that. Okay. Yeah. So that person's getting reprimanded, and obviously Brett Favre is uh, in the headlines now. So. Okay. That, that is, makes that makes sense then. Yeah. Very interesting. So that's fucked up. It Do is. Do you have anything? Yeah. Did you ever listen to Serial or Undisclosed about Adnan Syed? Oh, I've seen some headlines on that. Yeah, how yeah. they helped with that. Yeah, he's out. Yes. They finally freed him. It was over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say how many years because I don't know off the top of my yes. head. Yep, I'm... I don't have the facts in front of me today. But yeah, yeah, he was in prison for a long time and now he is out. And the best part about it is the DA's office led the charge in saying like, hey, we don't have the evidence to keep you here. Oh, wow. We've never... We barely hear about that. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Yeah. And she also... The DA that did it, she's on her way out. She didn't win the election. So in her motion 
for him to be released, she listed all of the reasons why. Okay. So that if the DA following her wants to be like, hey, but we want to keep him here. Yeah. They already have all, like, the detailed reasons laid out right. of why they don't have a case against him. Ooh, I love that. I love that this person's, like, I'm going to be held accountable and mm-hmm. that this isn't okay. Yeah. She believes in justice, not just... Yes. Numbers. Numbers, yeah. Well, that we can all take an yeah. example from her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a wonderful story for... Yeah, and now hopefully they can find the person that actually killed her, maybe? See, that's what's so fucked up about these cases that are like that. They they have somebody that is paying for a crime that is out in the world free, mm-hmm. and, like, it brings them back to square one. Yeah. Which is terrible. Yeah, there's some kind of murderer that's been free this whole entire time. Yeah. Probably murdering other people. Mm-hmm. And getting to live their life. Right, right. And then... And there's two innocent people that yes. lost their lives. Yep. Right. In horrendous ways. Like, one sitting in prison, and that's horrendous, and one died. Yeah. So. Craziness. Well, that is some great news. Yeah. Thank you for starting. I was super happy to see that, because I've been following it since, like, 2015. Right. So, once I saw, like, they started talking about he might be released, and then they said he was, and then there's little videos, and he's, like, at home eating leftovers and super excited. I was like, this is so cute. Yeah. That's amazing. So you can check out Rabia Shadri's Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Mm-hmm. All of her socials. She's talking about it because she's the one that led the charge in getting all this done. And she was on Jillian's podcast, right? Yeah. Okay, I do remember that. Yep. Yep. She's the one that had given the file and everything to Sarah Koenig to do serial. I'm not a big fan of the way she did serial. If you listen, I mean, she... She spun things the way she wanted to. Oh, no. But, I mean, it's the most popular podcast ever. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for starting us off on a great note. So you can bring us down. I'm going to bring us down. (laughs) Because this is a gruesome one. And I'm going to warn everybody right now. I'm going to warn everybody as we go into my story. um, That this is going to be a tough one. Okay. And I will put times on there if people want to skip. Yeah, that would be wonderful. So, all right, let's do it. So this is the story of Annette Morales Rodriguez. And I got my sources from CBS News, ABC News, Murderpedia, and Fox 6 News. So... On October 5th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Annette was born on August 1st, 1978. So she was, you know, a typical woman who wanted to be a mother really badly. Okay. And the difference between her and most women that want to have kids is she was wanting to have a kid no matter what. Hmm. And on this specific day, she made up her mind that um, she was going to go out into the world and look for a pregnant woman. Oh, I know this story. Yes. <laughs> uh, so she was, and you know, there's a lot of stories like this, and I'm it's really surprised. A really crazy phenomenon. Yeah. So she was desperate in giving her boyfriend a son, but she couldn't get herself pregnant. And she had already faked two, pre- or I'm sorry, two miscarriages and faked three other pregnancies. Oh my god! 
So she had been faking this pregnancy and going around, you know, rubbing her belly and telling her friends and neighbors how she was getting bigger and how excited she was. Uh, but she wasn't pregnant. Was she just eating a lot? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's always the part when women fake pregnancies. That's always the part I'm so confused about. Like, how are you getting bigger? Your belly is not. How is your belly growing and nothing else? Yeah, I mean, either they're um, overeating or they're they have that mold that you can get, like a fake pregnant mold. Yeah, but if you're having sex, your husband's gonna notice. Unless you keep a shirt on at all times. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> people are commit you know people really commit to this like i don't feel comfortable taking my clothes off because i'm pregnant yeah i mean you got on a fake belly yeah you know i wouldn't argue with a pregnant woman so i'd be like all right you know whatever you have to do if you don't want to take your shirt off i totally get it true right how can you argue with a pregnant woman i don't know i'm not about to i wouldn't advise it (laughs) (laughs) so the thing is, though, she already had three kids living with her sister in Pennsylvania, so clearly she shouldn't have kept trying to have kids if she couldn't hang on to the kids that she already had. Right. So that that was a, one part of the story that I was like, you already have three kids that you don't have, you know, your your parental rights being exercised. What are you doing desperately wanting to have another kid it doesn't make sense to me it sounds like just for her boyfriend maybe right and she probably wouldn't want it anymore either if she didn't have him yes probably right so annette's supposed due date was coming up and she obviously wasn't pregnant so she was tired of the pretending and was just needing a baby and her solution was extreme she drove around the area in which she lived, uh, but couldn't find anybody that day. So the next day on October 6th, she continued her search and drove near a Hispanic community center that was an agency that catered to pregnant women. And then Annette then came across a woman, and not just any woman, but a woman who was in her 40th week of pregnancy. Mm. Annette offered 23-year-old Maritza Ramirez-Cruz a ride, and Maritza accepted, and what she perceived to have been an innocent and nice gesture, we will get into what really it all meant. Yeah, don't trust women either. Yeah, like, just because there is a female that Mm -hmm. you don't know being nice doesn't mean that she doesn't have ulterior motives. Like, she is... Women are also bad seeds yes so she drove to a nearby drugstore to get nausea medication for maritza and then said that she needed to go home and change her shoes so maritza said yep that's fine and followed her into her home at 1600 block of south 7th street and maritza went in to use the bathroom however when she got out of the bathroom things took a turn So Annette took a baseball bat and hit Maritza over her head repeatedly. She then fell on the floor and Annette followed her and choked her until Maritza passed out. And then while she was unconscious, Annette put duct tape over her eyes and nose and bound her hands together and her feet together. She then wrapped her head with a plastic bag to further subdue her. And this is one of the spots that I would encourage if you get queasy 
um, or you know you're not prepared for this ugliness, uh, just to skip. She then took an exacto knife and cut Maritza from hip to hip, and removed Marie, uh, Maritza's uh, fetus and took it for her own. She remembered watching an episode on the Discovery Channel on the cesarean process and tried to duplicate it. And because of someone's delusion, Maritza died from blood loss and asphyxiation um, just because both things were happening at the same time. She was Mm -hmm. bleeding out and she also had that plastic bag over her head. So just like just fighting, really just fighting for her life. Uh, The baby was only days away from being born naturally as well. Amazingly enough, Annette called 911 and told the dispatcher that she had just given birth in her living room and the fetus was not breathing. So immediately she got, you know, enforcements involved. Mm -hmm. So an ambulance was sent out and took them to St. Francis Hospital during the autopsy. Of the fetus, a a medical examiner found that there was substantial evidence that something was wrong. So, obviously, you bring a baby like this to a doctor. They're not just going to be like, yep, everything's checking out. Like, they're they're a doctor. Yeah. It was evident that the baby was not delivered naturally and was removed by force. Again, this part is really graphic, so please be warned. Um, So, it was really obvious that the fetus was removed forcefully uh, due to the mother's uterus and parts of her ovaries were still attached to the fetus and the unborn fetus died due to traumatic impact of what had happened to the mother Mm -hmm. Annette fled the hospital before being fully examined and she went home and told her boyfriend that she had lost the baby He believed her and even made a post on Facebook stating, quote, my child was born yesterday and he died an hour after birth. He would have been so cute. My woman is shattered. She won't stop crying, end quote. So she has everybody wrapped up in this delusion. (laughs) Nobody thought that, like, okay, if I'm going to the hospital to have my baby and my baby dies, I'm not calling my boyfriend. I don't like, know. Like, oh my god, I'm devastated. Come here, our baby's dead. Maybe he I'm was... I'm just gonna come home like, oh, by the way, baby died yesterday. Yeah, I think that in these traumatic events, like, because that is traumatic if that actually did yeah, happen. Yeah, definitely. That maybe there, he was just so, like, impacted by what had just happened. Like, he just lost his son. Yeah. And she's going through a lot. And she, who is he to question what had happened? Like, because, I mean, who does this, really? Right. So, I think he was, like, grieving in that moment. True. So, police officers showed up at Annette's home due to the medical examiner's findings and took her to get another medical evaluation since she skipped out on that. Um, Some other investigators stayed behind to look around her residence and came across a shocking discovery, and it was the disemboweled body of Maritza in the basement. Um, This is another um, hard part, so just be warned. So, while at the hospital, Annette entered a bathroom and scratched the inside of her vagina wall until she bled. She told doctors she was bleeding, and during the examination, doctors discovered she had not recently given birth. Hmm. 
and this isn't sitting right with the medical examiners and the police, so they took Annette into custody. She sat at a desk in a small interrogation room, sobbing, sniffling, and occasionally covering up her face with her hands, and she told investigators play-by-play what had happened and stopped to sigh heavily as if it was too much for her to handle. Oh, God. She then concluded the interrogation by stating that, quote, she felt sorry for the girl, end quote. Hmm. So, obviously, they arrested her, um, and her bail was set then at $1 million. So, then her trial starts, and the defense's stance was that she did attack her, Maritza. However, the argument they made on Annette's behalf was that it wasn't an intentional homicide of either one of the victims. So, I don't know how you can argue that you cut somebody from hip hip to hip and not think that that is going to cause Mm life-threatening damages. I don't know how you can do that on your own and not kill someone. Yeah, exactly. So either you are delusional. I mean, clearly she's delusional. Mm -hmm. Or she was just so wrapped up in the moment of getting what she wanted that she wanted that instant gratification and didn't care how she got it. Yeah. So they urged jurors to convict her of the lesser charge of first degree reckless homicide. The prosecutor's stance was that Annette faked a pregnancy and then panicked when she couldn't procure a baby with a fast-approaching due date, which we already know. So then, after hearing everything, a jury that was made up of six men and six women deliberated for only an hour before convicting Annette Morales-Rodriguez at the age of 34. And it wasn't hard to do so, as prosecutors showed bloody and disturbing pictures of the crime scene and of Maritza's body. She was officially convicted with two counts of first-degree intentional homicide and the October 2011 deaths of Maritza and her unborn fetus. On December 13th, my birthday, (laughs) um, Annette was wielded in in a wheelchair. Don't Mm. know why. Um, The dramatics. Right as the judge sentenced her to two life terms in prison without the possibility of parole. And she stated after she was sentenced, quote, for what I've done, I regret it very much, end quote. Maritza's family did not accept the apology, and, you know, I wouldn't. No. (laughs) And Annette's own family was nowhere to be found in the courtroom. I wouldn't be there for her either. Right. Additionally, while she's been in prison, it's been reported that she has only had one visitor come to see her. I wonder who it was. I know, me too. I said family member, so... Mm. I don't think it was a boyfriend. No. I'm guessing they didn't live together. I don't know. He would have noticed a dead body in blood. Maybe. So... I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to conclude with... Um, our hearts going out to Christian Mercado, the husband of Maritza and the father of the unborn baby who had to plan two funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, no one should have to go through this. No. And the last time that he saw his pregnant wife was when he kissed her goodbye the morning that she died. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maritza's family is said to have been getting psychiatric help to deal with the brutal murder 
of the woman they loved and cherished and needed in their lives and the potential of having that baby in their family too so sad his stepmother darla spoke on behalf of christian in the media due to the fact that christian didn't speak english and she stated quote he wants everybody to remember that she was a good person she never did anything bad to anyone and she would help anybody out if they needed help we still can't believe it we know it's true but we can't believe it and the whole family is taking it really hard end quote it's so sad and that is the story the unfortunate story of annette morales rodriguez you need to be careful when you're pregnant and people want to steal your babies. <laughs> yeah, you don't... Re- I don't ever think of all the ways that you could fucking die. And that, that's one of the ways, you know, yeah. somebody just really wants a fucking baby. And yeah, they be snatching them. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's craziness. Was that as bad as... It's not as bad as I thought. Maybe it helped that you've already known the story. Yeah when you talk about all the like extra bone breaking things <laughs> that's the ones i get you the huh? bone breaking get the, me. the bone breaker got you huh yes <laughs> that was a gruesome one it was i'm still traumatized <laughs> i'm so sorry i did that to you <laughs> all right today i am discussing the disappearance of marshall hansen and my sources are medium.com weau.com charlieproject.org and websleuths so marcel hansen has not been seen since november 12 1987 when she left from one of her jobs at marquip which is now called bw paper systems at approximately 8 p.m at the time of her disappearance marcel whose family called her shelly was 23 years old and she was also pregnant oh wow she's approximately three months pregnant and she was residing in phillips wisconsin during this time and working numerous jobs wow good for her getting it yeah she's like i need to get this money before i have this baby Mm -hmm. i guess Mm -hmm. she was working at the paper mill she was working at some kind of plating place she was working at iga damn girl yeah hard worker yeah absolutely on the day of her disappearance, Shelly had gone in for an ultrasound to make sure everything was okay with the baby and to screen for birth defects because she was born with a club foot oh. and she wanted to know if her baby was going to be two because that's genetic. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so she had an early, like, because back then you didn't get ultrasounds that early, now you get them, like, every day. Seriously, <laughs> I remember that. Like, my friend was pregnant. I, every time I, like, rang her up, she's like, I'm at the, I'm getting an ultrasound done. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's only yeah. one kid, right? Right. They didn't used to do that, now they're just like, hey, let's look at your baby. Yeah, all the time. All the time. I mean, I get it. You want nice. Make, yeah. You yeah. want to make sure that little Bean is doing good. Right. So she was really excited about the baby and really excited about the ultrasound. Following the ultrasound, she went back to work and she was showing co-workers her pictures like, oh, here's the baby I'm having. And she had contacted her family members that day to discuss her pregnancy and let them know like, yeah, I'm having a baby. No one was sure who the father of the child was because Shelly had said to her family that The man promised to provide financial support as long as she never released his name. Married man. 
definitely married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was okay with that. She's like, I, I want my baby. I don't need you. I'm going to take care of this baby by myself. Clearly, she's more than capable. Yeah. She's working all these jobs. He's going to give her some money, too. She's like, I don't need you. Right. Yeah. Who needs him? So, she hadn't told anybody who he was. Wow. That's... I can't keep a secret for shit. <laughs> I'm definitely telling you. Yeah, I tell every, yeah, I tell almost everybody. I'd be on this podcast, be like, "This is the man." Like, wow, Jill told me not to tell anyone, but I'm just gonna tell you on this podcast. But yeah, nobody listens, anyways, right? I can totally see it. Yeah, we are not the ones. No, can you can't tell us anything. Silence. No, you can't pay us for anything. No, we're gonna talk. Mm-hmm. So. I, but she didn't, so good for her. Respect. You are better than us. <laughs> <laughs> so, five days after leaving her job, she failed to report to her job at IGA. Ugh. So, her family became concerned and they reported her missing. And not long after this, her vehicle, a red sedan, was located at Lake 10 Tavern. And there were no signs of foul play. Investigators then went to her residence. And there was also no signs of foul play there either. There was no clue of where she possibly disappeared to. Ugh. Her family believes that Shelly was meeting someone at the Lake Ten Tavern. And that she had brought the ultrasound pictures with to show them. And that would make sense because the ultrasound pictures have not been recovered. Okay. So that could be the child's father mm-hmm. maybe oh i would guess and there are rumors that it was somebody that she was working with at marquip oh like a foreman at marquip oh god that was married with two children i called it yeah i called it mm-hmm. these married men your wife probably doesn't want you either it's not that serious right just i don't know just stop thinking with your dick right <laughs> seriously like i i've never understood the I cheated and I got someone pregnant. Now I need to kill them. Yeah. Ugh. Like, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have to give everybody some child support and you will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's way better than a prison sentence. And don't don't you want to be, like, single and divorced anyways? I feel like if you're yeah. doing that, then why aren't you, like, isn't, if your wife found out and she's like, I'm divorcing you, isn't that good news for somebody like that? You would think so. You would think so. Or maybe you want to have an open relationship. Now's the time to tell your wife, like, hey. Yes. I want to be a hoe. This is what I'm going to do. Right. Something. Right. Not going around killing people. See? We would never be in this situation because we can't keep a secret. No, no. (laughs) We can't. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) So after her disappearance, the possessions that she did have at her home and her car were given to her brother for safekeeping. But unfortunately, right after this, like within a couple of days, his house burned down, like burned completely to the ground and everything was lost, which sounded super suspicious to me. So suspicious. But authorities state that the wood burning stove caused the fire and there was no foul play suspected. Who'd have thunk? Not me. Mm-mm. I thought it was the murderer, mm-hmm. but I guess not. Price County Sheriff's Office has continued to investigate her disappearance, but they've never released who the persons of interest could be. 
Like, they know, but they've never released it. I don't understand why. I know. You know how I feel about these police police keeping secrets, too? Mm-hmm. Everybody's just keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's terrible. Many people, of course, assume that the father of her child is the most likely suspect. Which could be true. But she also was keeping his secret. Yeah. Like, even her brother, who she was super close to, she never told him. What if... What if the wife found out for Mm -hmm. somehow, and then he was like, can't have this, and then just eliminated the problem? That's true, too. I have seen stories where the wife is like, you're gonna get rid of this bitch if you want to keep me. Ew. That's ugly. Mm Mm-hmm. Ew. Like, prove your loyalty. Ew. Obviously, there is no loyalty if he's going around banging everybody that he can. Yeah. Well, I guess they're stuck together for life after there's a murder uh, involved. Ew. I don't like that that no. mentality. No, it's pretty gross. Yeah. So, yeah, from all accounts, it didn't seem like she had any intentions on telling anyone who the father was. But right. I guess the wife could have found out. The wife could be a suspect, too. Yeah. I hadn't thought about her. She definitely could be. I always assume it's a man. But See, we're on from here. Your story. Pounding pavement. We're solving <laughs> things. <laughs> well, a lot of people think another murder in the area could possibly be tied to Shelley's disappearance. So the murder, Carla Lenz disappeared exactly one year before Shelley. Okay. To the day. Ooh. Exactly one year. Weird. Mm hmm. And at first. Carla was just gone. Nobody knew what happened. So let me get into what happened to Carla. And I'm going to warn you that her story is graphic as well. So Carla had a sister named Emily. And Emily was married to John Weber. Okay. John Weber is a piece of shit. Mm. So while Carla's gone missing... John tells his wife, Emily, that he has a surprise for her. So they get in the car and they drive out to a remote area. She's thinking maybe he bought some land for the family, something like that. But instead, he stopped the car and put a knife to her throat as he taped her eyes and mouth closed. Oh, God. Like, this is your wife. I'm like the ultimate betrayal. Seriously. So he tied her hands behind her back and he was beating her with his fists and then eventually with a shovel. Oh my god. And then he proceeded to make cuts in her flesh with a knife and he burned her with a lit cigar and he sexually assaulted her with a lit cigar. Oh my god. Yeah. Fucking A. He's terrible. And sodomized her with the handle of a wheelbarrow. Fuck this guy. She passed out. Emily passed out, and she later woke up, and he was holding her. (laughs) And she remembers hearing him discuss in two different voices whether or not he should kill her. Can you fucking imagine? Oh, my God. I would... uh, I don't even... I would be so scared. Like, this motherfucker is for real crazy. Yeah. Oh. Well, he eventually decided that he was going to keep her alive, and he took her at home. He took her home to clean her wounds he put her in the bathtub but then he realized that she needed emergency medical attention so he took her to the hospital 
after they came up with a story that three men had attacked her and caused her injuries. Like, he's like, okay, you're gonna t- this is what we're going to tell them. You're going to go along with it. John Weber is a piece of shit. I know, right? So, they get to the hospital, and she followed along, and she told this story to the people at the hospital. Mm-hmm. But they didn't believe that shit. Good. Oh, my gosh. So, they had John Weber leave the room, and then she was assured that she could tell the truth. And that they would protect her. And then she confessed that her husband was the one who had attempted to murder her. I love them for that. Yeah. Uh, See, if your spidey senses, if your red flag system is just, you know, really just going off the charts, just follow it. Yeah. So then they immediately arrest him. They're like, yeah, we kind of figured he did it. Mm -hmm. They arrested him and they searched his car. And inside the car, they found a threatening tape he had made for his wife. And on this tape, he graphically described how he had murdered her sister, Carla. Oh. And the details of Carla's murder were almost exactly the same as the injuries he had inflicted upon his wife. Oh, my God. So the police told him that they heard the tape and he knew he was busted. So he drew a map for the police of where they could find Carla's remains. So, two years after her disappearance, Carla's remains were found. And Emily spent 16 days in intensive care, but she survived, and she went on to testify against John Weber in court. What a badass bee! Right? And then he was convicted for the murder of Carla and for the attempted murder of Emily. And some people speculate he may also have been involved in a murder of a man who sold him a car, but he has not been tried for that crime. Wow. He is still incarcerated. He should be incarcerated for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. And so the public thinks that it's a possibility that he also kidnapped and murdered Shelly. Because it was the same area, and it was a year to the day after Carla disappeared. But he never mentioned Shelly's name. He's never talked about it. Um, No evidence has been released to tie the crimes together, as far as we know. Right. If the police have something, they're not releasing it. But I'm unconvinced of that. Yeah. I mean, coincidental, yes, absolutely. Right. But it seems like he had... A lot of anger towards women in his life. Yeah. And unless she was somehow in his life, I don't get it. Right. So, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Mine too. Hmm, okay. I was like, yeah, I'm not really seeing it. But I'm like, but I'll tell Emily's story. Yeah, Emily absolutely. and Carla's story. Because people talk about it a lot. And she's a badass for doing this. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Surviving and fighting him and taking him to court and actually testifying because that's got to be terrifying yeah i would be a puddle of nerves for sure yeah and to see that person and relive that yeah and it's your husband and it's your husband yeah somebody that you're supposed to trust and supposed it's supposed to be somebody of comfort and said they put you through something so imaginable yeah and then you find out that they also murdered your sister and you've been living with them for two years oh my god did he did he say why i forget 
no. not that I know of. So I you think just, he was just fucked up. Yeah, I mean, not that a reason why would. But it also seems to me like this is like a real high level of torture and yeah. murder. Like I wouldn't think that Carlo was the first. Right. I don't how know do you bottle he, that all up? Yeah, I don't know if he's tied to Shelley's, but I would imagine there's more. Right. Because that seems like a huge escalation from nothing to that. Yes. So, so true. I so think true. there's probably other stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, if anybody has any information on the disappearance of Marshall Hansen, they can contact the Price County Sheriff's Department. They are still investigating the case. Good. 30 years later. I'm glad they're they're still keeping at it, though, because yeah. it's still important. It is, definitely. And it's crazy. I mean, up there, there's just so many rural areas that you can disappear in. Yeah. It's not like Appleton. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. In the city, somebody's going to notice. Exactly. But there's woods, water, everything up there. Swamps. Yeah. Yeah. You did a great job. That was, that was a whole... That was a package of <laughs> craziness. And it was. Thank when you was, for delivering. When I was reading it, I was like, this is so weird. Yes. People think up north is safe. I was telling the girl at work that today because she's like from a rural area and she's like, thinks things happen in the city. And I was like, no, things happen by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People that live in the woods are weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we Seriously. love you, but we th- love you, but you guys are kind but of also weird. weird people hide in the woods. Not that everyone in the woods is weird, but if you're extra weird. Yes. It's good to be in solitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can do your crimes and then like go home and hide in your shack in the woods. Yes. I feel like we have to clarify on everything that we say. <laughs> We're not saying that everybody in the woods is <laughs> weird or creepy or uh, murderers. <laughs> Just elaborating on that. Yeah. There's a lot of fucked up people here, too, you know, in cities. Oh, and yeah, shit, there so. is. But I feel like if you're a certain level of fucked up, you got to go somewhere and hide. Like, some people go out to the desert. Some people go out mm-hmm. to the woods. Yeah. You know. You got to hide. Yeah. I, I would go. If you and, can't contain your crazy. Right. In public. Mm-hmm. I would hide from people, and they would hide. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're hiding from. The police. The poli- <laughs> <laughs> There's like two cops up there. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> it's easier to commit crimes. Well, that was great. I feel good. Thank you. All right. We love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. All the Sins of Wisconsin was written, recorded, edited, and produced by Fallon and Mims. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, supporters, friends, and family that continually allow us to do what we love. If you love our show as much as we love you, please give us a glowing rating and review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram to see what we are up to and email us your sinner tales at allthesinsofwi at gmail.com. Episodes of All the Sins of Wisconsin are available for free wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't Don't forget, forget, we we love you. you.